There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, the official podcast of your New Orleans Pelicans, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. It's time to flock up. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another edition of the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, the official podcast of your New Orleans Pelicans. Got a nice treat for you tonight. At least we think so. So let us think so. It is a radio roundtable coming up. John DeShazer, Ty Graffinini, the gentleman that call the games, color analyst and voice of the Pelicans, will give their thoughts. Jim is going to pepper them with a bunch of midseason you know, observations, hot takes, things of that nature, kind of a look back at the first 41 games of the season, even though now we have played 42. We'll get to that in a quick second. So that's coming up. And then, as I, as I mentioned, I, I wanted Jim to have more work. So Jim Eichenhoff for Pelicans.com. I said, come up with something on Fridays. And what are we going to do later on? We're going to do the trending number that is going to appear every Friday. Every Friday. Yes. I love when I get to give you more work. That's always. Uh, look, we got it's a fine, lot to get fine. into, though, but I know you were excited about this, and it is going to be interesting to kind of hear because, again, obviously, they're calling the games, they're watching it, you're writing about it, you're doing all those different aspects of it with 41 games in, and we did kind of touch on it a little bit on Wednesday. So game 42 was Wednesday night, and it was a historic game 42 as it was a franchise record 25 three-pointers everything seemed to be working on the offensive end but again it was almost like a snapshot of some of the things that we liked so far this season didn't it when you look back at that win against charlotte it was just a lot of fun i mean to me that was one of the most fun wins of the season especially when like you said you set a franchise record with the 25 three-pointers made um zion had career tied his career high with nine assists bi had seven three-pointers you saw jordan hawkins uh, once again you don't doesn't need much time just throw him the ball he'll catch it somewhere he'll he doesn't even really need to look at the rim he'll put it up and have it go in so 
Um, another example to me too of we've talked about how much talent this team has, but when you see it come together in that fashion where you have over 23 pointers made, you have them score 130 points and you see the development of a rookie halfway through his first season, you're, you already can see what he's capable of. It makes you really excited to, to say, you know, this team has so much potential. It's not like we didn't know that, but it was, for me, it was, I keep using the word fun. It was just, it was a lot of fun just to see that unfold the way it did during the game. Yeah, no doubt. And I think one of the other things that you see there as well is you're starting to see the potential perhaps, you know, it's interesting because we saw after the game that practice the next day on Thursday and Matt Ryan's getting closer and closer. I don't say you forgot about it, but you want to talk about somebody that had one of those immediate early impacts and needed impacts in the season. Cause at the time that, you know, he came aboard and they was needed because you, you almost forget mm-hmm. this team had early injuries. CJ McCollum missed some time and obviously he's shooting the best of, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say his career, but it may be, I mean, it's yeah, I think it is a career yeah, high. People are saying mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. that's the point though. Like this team needed Matt Ryan and those threes and those things to come in there as well. And I'm just, I, I don't know if I like to, I'm not, I don't know if it's a video game mindset, but I'm just sitting here imagining the perimeter just stock full of shooters. Yeah. You know, on the yeah. outside. And there is Matt and there is Trey and there is Jordan and there's whoever else that wants. Mm-hmm. Because man, that that really does make it difficult as to who you guard. How about the fact too that Matt Ryan, I looked this up the other day because I remember when he spoke about how he might be returning, I was like, you know, he he was off to a really good start he for was. the three point arc. How about the fact that he's leading the team in three-point percentage over the course of the season? He's shooting 47% from three. So, I mean, we there's a bunch of guys that have shot over 40% this season, right. including a couple guys that have been near that mark that have been surprising, like Najee Marshall. But Matt Ryan, like you said, adds another guy to the stable of three-point shooters that you can use. I don't know how the coaching staff is going to figure out how to play all these guys. Yeah. Um, Jose Alvarado was – wasn't in the top 10 in the game on Wednesday. And obviously Matt Ryan wasn't available. So, I mean, we've talked about in the past a team that has 12, 13 guys that can contribute. But now it's legitimately true. It's not like we said it and then a couple months in the season, you're like, yeah, Jim, sure. Yeah, sure. They have 12 or 13 guys. They legitimately do now. Well, look, you you legitimately, I mean, you you need guys that can shoot threes. And and Mm -hmm. when you look around the league, there's no coincidence. The Dallas Mavericks didn't end the Pels road trip well because they knocked down threes the very next game they go to the Lakers and the graph is still bitter about it Tim Hardaway Jr. 0 for 7 from distance Kyrie <laughs> Irving was 1 of 5 but yeah. it, I mean it's a difference and they mm-hmm. lost at LA so right. just knowing you have that and and I look at it Jim too how much pressure does that put on opposing teams moving forward you, how do I use them I have a suggestion for coach you know in that second to third quarter when you're getting your your starters a little rest, or even in that you know that first half, you know when people go out towards the end of the first and in the middle of the second, imagine if you can come off the bench with guys like Trey and Matt and Jordan, three guys at the same time on the court. That all the if they just if they each hit a three, mm-hmm. that's nine points right, right. there. That, that mm-hmm. can sway a game. That can extend the lead. That can cut a deficit. And obviously, there's going to be more basketball we play. But the other thing that's interesting about all three of those guys, they rebound, they pass, they can hit different kind of uh, mid-range jumpers mm-hmm. and stuff. And that's the one thing I remember Matt Ryan when he was playing early this season. He, he has a very good basketball IQ. Sure. Jordan Hawkins showing that, I mean, he's called a hooper, right, mm-hmm. for a reason. And Trey Murphy does all those things, attacks the paint. So 
you're not just getting three guys that are going to stand with their arms in the air saying, pass me the basketball, I'm going to shoot a standing three. Yeah. That's a thing, something that I'm going to try to kind of you know, let people see about that. I think that's what's different. This, this is just not a three-point specialist. All these guys mm-hmm. will do a lot of different things because that helps when I'm a coach. You know, well, if I put him on, I'm going to lose rebounding. I'm not going to get, you know, passing. Right. Mm-hmm. You can do that with those three guys, and that just opens up the world of, of possibilities. Yeah, and for Jordan in particular, too, I, I don't think he's been able to – he's shown it here and there, but because of his role where he is spotting up to shoot a lot, I don't think people realize how athletic he is yeah. and how he can get to the basket. I mean, he's had, a, he's had a couple dunks that make people raise their eyebrows and be like, wait a minute, I thought this guy was just a standstill outside shooter. Right. No, this guy is athletic. He he's uh he has much many more dimensions to his game than just standing waiting for the ball to come to him and shooting spotting up shots. So I agree. I mean, there's no such thing as t- having too much shooting in the NBA right now as no far doubt. as the three point line goes. You mentioned you know how Dallas fluctuated from game to game. I think that's another part of why it's important to have five, six, seven guys that can be dangerous from the three point line because on some nights two or three of your top guys are off or just having cold nights. So if you can bring in a couple other people that can replace some of that three-point shooting or or make up for it, I think that is extremely important in the NBA. You definitely don't want to be caught short in the 2024 NBA with one or two guys, and if they're not hitting, you're you're in big trouble from the three-point line. All right. Uh, I didn't expect that we are going to be talking a lot about that, but it is something to, to kind of keep an eye on because it is going to maybe perhaps make them a little more dangerous from a weapons arsenal standpoint but the pelicans enter tonight's game against the suns five and a half back of minnesota in first place currently alone in fifth the mavericks six and a half back so a full game on them the two games back of the clippers who seem to be playing ridiculous basketball Mm -hmm. right now nuggets six and four in their last 10 and third they're two and a half back the thunder seems like they've been sitting in second for a while haven't they with two games back Mm -hmm. they're six and four t will six and four that's why it's so key you can do that seven and three stretch like the Pels are right now, or eight and two stretch like the Clippers are. They're going to move up, Jim, and that's something to look at. I say all of that because the Kings are seventh and they're the Suns, twenty-two and eighteen. They've won three in a row, seven and three in their last ten. I don't think coincidentally it's because Bradley Beal's back; he's healthy. Right. We haven't seen this incarnation of the Suns yet. Mm-hmm. This isn't last year's Suns game that felt like a playoff series. We had Chris Paul, Monty. Mm-hmm. Way- this not it. This is a completely different team. So I'm very curious as to how the Pels match up here. In theory, when I hear Durant, when I hear Booker, when I hear Beal, I feel offense. Is that what the Suns are about right now? Yeah, I think it definitely is. I mean, I, I think one of the things that they're trying to figure out, too, is their depth. And, I, and, you know, the Pelicans have a big three that people consider to be very potent as well. But I think... One of the differences between these two teams in the first 40-plus games of the season is just that the Pelicans have more guys that they can rely on. So I think that's going to be something to watch in tonight's game is you know the, the top three scorers for both of these teams are somewhat of a given of you know they're going to put up certain numbers and you expect them to do certain things. But can the Suns start to develop some of their guys that are further down the roster, their bench? Um, Grayson Allen's actually had a really good start to the season and, and one of the best three-point shooters in the league percentage-wise. But besides him, it doesn't seem like they have a ton of people that they can rely on for offense. So, 
you know, by the way, Gus, too, we're going to be getting into hot takes with the radio guys later in the uh, show. I have a little bit of a hot take here at the start of the show, and that is I think you can make a case, and I tweeted this already today, that this is the biggest home game of the season so far for the Pelicans, just based on they're only two games ahead of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I think the Suns are definitely a team that has their eyes on. We believe we are definitely a top six team, so one of those squads I think that the New Orleans could potentially be vying with in the standings so i think this is a really important game um i think it's going to be packed tonight in the smoothie king center too um we're at that stage of the season where i think people really have started to swing all of their attention or most of their attention to basketball Mm -hmm. so looking forward to that and um also by the way too it's also another game on fox 8 in gray tv so and it's King Cake Baby's debut, season debut. Oh, so, I mean, right. you add all that stuff up together, and I think this is a big Friday night in New Orleans. <laughs> Do you have a personal photo with him? Just you and him? I don't, mostly because I'm frightened okay, and but that I'm needs afraid to, to get too close. Like, that needs to happen. In this desk right here in this area, I have got to see just a glossy of you two. I really, it needs to happen. I'm going to make sure. We'll see what we can today. do about that. He's very busy at this time of year, but maybe after Mardi Gras, we'll see if we can put that together. I'll tell you what. I, I don't know who's more excited or people who see King Cake Baby, see this game, or try to get one of those hats mm. that's going on today. It, it is yeah. whoever came up with it last year. I, I said at the time, is the most brilliant marketing thing it was great. ever mm-hmm. because people wore it throughout the season. It's mm-hmm. so unique. It's basically a pelican head. Yep. But this year, there's a Mardi Gras theme to it. So you know, instead of the blue and red little feather thing mm-hmm. kind of on the top, it's going to be Mardi Gras color. And we've already seen what it looks like. It looks fantastic. And a new court today. It's, it is. I, I'm with you. It is. It's kind of. This has a a big game feel. And you know, by the way, too, on the uh, on the Pierre hat, I've noticed watching on TV or even you know being in person that you can see F- Pelicans fans at road games. A Absolutely. lot of them wear those hats, yeah. and it's kind of cool because it makes them stand out. It's so easy to see them in the crowd. So. Just kind of a nice little way to make your presence felt when you're at a road game to say, yes, I'm here. I'm in my Pierre hat. Let's go Pelicans. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. You know what? It's time. I've talked a little bit too much already, but I can't wait to see this. John DeShazer, Todd Graffinini. I normally say that when I say coming up next, Pelicans basketball. But coming up next is a radio roundtable. So let's do that now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. All right, guys, I'm looking forward to this. This is something that we're going to be doing every couple weeks on the Pelicans podcast, joining a couple members of the Pelicans radio team. We have Todd Graffanini and John DeShazer here with me. Kind of halfway through the season, wanted to go through a few topics and discuss some of our thoughts, recapping the first 42 games of the regular season so far. So I um, wanted to start with, um, I think, what might be a f- kind of a fun category what was the best win of the season? What was the best game that the Pelicans have played so far? I guess we can start with you, Graf. Well, Jim, um, I've thought about this long and hard, and I can't, I can't really narrow it down to one. I got to give you three. Um, it's a one A, one B, and one C. One A is the win in Dallas on uh, real, very recently, a, a week ago on Saturday. If you were not on that plane, uh, getting from Denver to Dallas. Uh, leaving at midnight, one o'clock Central Time, landing at three, getting into the hotel three thirty, getting into the hotel at four thirty, walking across the tarmac in Denver at three degrees, negative twenty wind chill. You will never understand uh, just the circumstances. And then, of course, then playing that day uh, for the regular guys, seventy-five points basically out of your out of your lineup, not playing, and then to beat Dallas in Dallas. Uh, I, again, you had to be on the trip to, to fully grasp uh, how big that win was. So I'll give that one. Uh, going up to Minnesota and beating the Timberwolves by double digits uh, on the second night of a back-to-back after beating, De- uh, after beating Brooklyn here, uh, going up there. Again, get in late, not 4.30 late, but still get in late and then basically going wire to wire against the best team in the Western Conference on the road where they've lost two games in that building all season long, and that was one of them. That was pretty impressive. And then the other one for me is the uh, is the knockout round game in Sacramento against the Kings uh, to get us to the to get us to Las Vegas. It, it was just such an impressive victory. Uh, beat the Kings again, who don't lose very often. Well, they didn't lose very often at home at that time. Uh, they're starting to slip a little bit, but uh, just to get be able to win and get to Vegas and, and have an opportunity to win the in season tournament. So those are the top three for me. So in that spirit, I'm going to give you eight. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I just got one. I just got one because Graf named some really good ones. But November 14th, home against Dallas, um, 131 to 110, Pels win. That was two days after Dallas smoked them. Same same arena. Um, and, and it just was, you know, it broke a five game losing streak, number one, but number two, I think it kind of told the Pels, we can compete with the teams that are supposed to be the upper echelon teams in the Western conference. I thought it was a great win to come back a couple of days later after getting run out of your own place, basically, because that 136 to 124 score was not indicative of how lopsided that game was. So they came back a couple of games later and then really laid the wood to Dallas and, and and knocked him out. And so I thought that was really, really impressive. Early in the season, but I thought it was a pretty impressive win. 
I like the fact that there's so many different ones to choose from, and we have quite a wide selection. I think that speaks to how uh, successful the first half of the season has been for the Pelicans. Um, I had two on my list. Graf, the only one that you guys mentioned was um, I also picked this game in Sacramento, which I was there for. I thought it was great to see the Pelicans perform in kind of a playoff-type situation where you have to win to advance. So hopefully that's something that they can – take into the April, you know, making the playoffs and being able to win on the road. Um, and then the second one, and I, I'm, you guys aren't going to be shocked at all when you see hear this pick, December 31st, the Lakers. <laughs> um, just to watch, I mean, it was very, it was sweet revenge to get that win after what happened in Las Vegas and also to be able to see Jose Alvarado just rip the ball away from LeBron a couple times, come from behind, steal the ball from him and Anthony Davis. Um, that was one that I, I just had to put that on my list. So See, The only thing that would have made it better for Jim is if somebody would have rolled an ankle or something. <laughs> yeah, and, and really, <laughs> objectively, look, the, the win in Dallas, that that back-to-back from Denver and the, the no rest, and that, that really is, in my opinion, the most important. But I knew that was going to be somebody else's game, so I had to pick something else. But gotcha. that was really probably the most impressive win, and it will probably be the most impressive win of this season, even mm-hmm. as we, you know, we're 40 games away from the finish. I can't believe you're accusing me of being happy with injuries, but that's okay. I'll I'll let that I'll let that sit for. <laughs> we'll talk about that after the podcast. Um, second category, I guess. Again, we could start with you, Graf. Um, who's the been the biggest, most unsung hero of the season? What what's kind of been the most underrated story so far? All right. Well, this is a two part question here. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going a little outside the box here. I think the most unsung hero on the team is uh, assistant coach James Borrego. Personally, uh, I mean, he's completely transformed the offense. It, it has been just to see these guys sharing the ball and the assist totals. I mean, just think about what we did the other night: nineteen assists and nineteen makes. We've never seen that before, but this has been the norm. Uh, you know, there there have been obviously some rough patches along the way. But as these guys have started to really buy in as the season has gone along, you can see the capability of, uh, of what really the vision was when James Borrego came in here uh, in the first place as Willie Green's top assistant. So I think he's the most unsung hero uh, in my mind and the most underrated story. Well, J.D. kind of touched on it a little bit with that win against Dallas. You know what happened the day before that win against Dallas? The team meeting across the way after the Pelicans had gotten smoked by the Mavericks. C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance says, this has to stop. They were in there for about an hour. They came out, and obviously what happened the next day. So they cleared the air. Guys say, we cannot continue to play this way. We just can't do it. It's not acceptable. And, you know, and, and it's like, thinking initiating the meeting was McCollum and Nance. And uh, since that, it's been a completely different team. So I think that's the most underrated story of the year. See, and I'm, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm in that vein, and I'm going to lump them both together, the, uh, the the unsung hero and underrated story, because I'm going to throw this one not on Coach Borrego, but I'm going to stay on the staff. I'm going to stay with Willie Green. Uh, because I think having to assimilate these parts – we've seen Zion Williamson play. We've seen Brandon Ingram play. We've seen C.J. McCollum play. We have not seen them play together this much. And so he had to kind of figure out, you know, okay, what's the system that's going to be the best to get these guys to work together the best. And so, you know, trying to figure that out and having to add in Trey Murphy when he came back 
and add in, you know, Jose Alvarado when he came back. So trying to kind of, you know, make that gumbo work, you know, has been a pleasant, a pleasant problem, but it's been a problem because, again, we've seen these guys play, but we hadn't seen them play together. And so they had to figure it out on the court too, but the coaching staff has to lead that. The coaching staff has to put guys in positions to score and put guys in positions to be successful. And so I think – you know, and I guess that goes to Coach Borrego too, Coach Green, put those guys together, mash them together, the whole staff. But they had to kind of figure these guys out on the run when they have not had these guys together this much. And so that's why it feels like an ascending product instead of, I think, last year, you know, about the same record, but it was headed the other way because you won the losing streak, Zion was out and that kind of thing. But now it seems like an ascending product. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think for me the – I actually had a t- kind of a, t- a tie for the most unsung hero for me for the season. Um, Jonas Valanciunas has played in every game, and I feel like over the course of the last couple months, everyone, including the fans, have gained even greater appreciation for how much he means to this team, like how reliable he is, how you can always count on him as somebody that you can get the ball to offensively. He, his rebounding is so important based on, you know, I think this team has rebounded well over the last couple of years, had some ups and downs in that area this year. So he's super vital um, in a lot of different ways. And my second unsung hero is Najee Marshall. JD mentioned Nash. how the, you mentioned how the Dallas, you know, two game series was kind of a turning point. That was actually when Najee came back. His season debut was the first Dallas game. So, you know, obviously there's a million other factors, but you can kind of trace the turnaround of the season to when Najee made his season debut. Obviously, other guys came in later, Jose Alvarado later in November, Trey at the beginning of December. But I do think that he provides things off the bench and the energy that he brings is something that, you know, he, he's not a named player. When you think of the Pelicans, people don't think of Najee Marshall, but I do think that he is somebody that I appreciate for just all of the different intangible stuff that he brings as well as the fact that he's a – He's been an improved three-point shooter this year, which is something that he's been working on since he's been in the league. So, um, couple. He's couple a guy guys. who's kind of made himself invaluable because if you're going to switch everything defensively, which the Pels do, he's got the size and the tenacity to be a guy who who you can switch with that way, and he won't back down from people. I think that makes him pretty invaluable from a rotation standpoint. And for the record, uh, Jonas Valanciunas will never be unsung to me, Jim. That's that's my guy. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. Uh, definitely. How do you see Iron Man in Lithuanian? <laughs> we'll have to ask him that. Um, next category, um, I mean, there's a, probably a lot of things that could enter into this, but um, I guess starting with J.D., what's been the biggest surprise of the Pelican season so far? Biggest surprise, I think, for, for me has been, and it's kind of a collective thing, the buy-in, where you've gotten guys to say, you know what? I don't care if I get 28. I just want to win. Um, so you got, you know, we, we saw in the last game, the most recent game, Zion Winston scores 13, but he's got nine assists. Brandon Ingram scores 28, and he's got nine and 10 assists. So you've got guys who are saying, you know what, I don't care if tonight is not going to be the night where I'm going to get my shots or get my points or get my whatever. I'm going to play team ball in order to win the game. And so I think we've seen a decent amount of that this season where, you know, you had Brandon Ingram had a, a stretch of seven games where he was below 20 points scored. And several of those games was because, you know, it was so lopsided in the fourth quarter he didn't need to score. But I think you get into the NBA and you see guys who are, you know, when guys average 27, 28, 
They want that 27-28. And I think this team is saying, you know, we've seen it a billion times with Valanciunas, where a guy who one game he might have 20 and 10, next game he might have, you know, seven points and eight, nine rebounds. It doesn't – I don't think it affects these guys. You don't see them pouting about not getting numbers. You see these guys more interested in winning. So the buy-in to me has been has been really nice with this team considering, again, that they hadn't played together a lot. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, I'm going to go with the three-point shooting. Never in my wildest dreams would I have ever imagined that the Pelicans would be top five in the NBA in three-point field goal percentage. I, I mean, it's just – and, and – the volume that we're seeing this year. Again, they've been talking about it for you. Well, we got to put more threes up. We got, well, yeah, that's fine, but also you got to make the threes as well. But now you're seeing both. You're seeing the attempts go up, but you're seeing 18 threes in a game, 19 threes in a game. We go back to the first two games on that long road trip 18 threes in, or 19 threes in Sacramento, 18 threes against the Golden State Warriors. I mean, we're doing to the Warriors what the Warriors have been doing to us. And then, of course, it culminated uh, two nights ago with 25. I, I mean, that's that's what Boston does. That's what, you know, all these other teams, Sacramento, that's what we've been watching the last few years. And now you can legitimately say, all right, we're a le- we are a three-point shooting team. And not only are we getting the volume up, but we're doing it efficiently and effectively with the field goal percentage, which is now, again, third in the league. Would you ever have imagined? Because I never have. Yeah, that was on my list as well. I had three things on my list. Three-point shooting was one of them. Um, the other, so I'm not going to go too in-depth in that, but um, the, one of the other ones was, to me, the the depth is even better than I expected. Yeah, that's a, I, that's I, a good one. I thought this team was going to be really deep, but we've had a lot of seasons where we've gone into training camp and said, you know, it's going to be tough to find minutes for everybody, and then a guy or two gets injured, sometimes more than that. Um, maybe a guy or two is disappointing in terms of maybe a veteran free agent they sign that doesn't pan out. Um, the fact that the last game, Jose Alvarado isn't even in the rotation, that you have so many good players that he's not even in the top 10, to me that is one of the biggest surprises that I've seen so far. And the other one is the, the success on the road. So in the three times that the Pelicans have made the playoffs since they rebranded as Pelicans, they won 17 road games, 17 road games, and 24. That was The latter was in 2018. That was a really good season as far as winning on the road. Um, they already have 12 road wins, so they're almost already approaching that 17 mark that got them into the playoffs a couple times before. Um, the fact that they had a seven- or eight-game road winning streak, uh, all of those things to me have been impressive, the fact that they've been able to do as well as they have on the road. So... And for the record, Jim, I'm still going to die on that hill about the Laker game in Vegas being a road game because it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a neutral court game, and it should be eight straight road games because we had not lost one since the Chicago game. But they count that Vegas game as a road game. Uh-uh. I, I'm dying on that hill. The record should be eight. But anyway, that's a technicality, and I digress. See, Adam Silver, his name is Todd Graffinini. <laughs> that's two Fs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice how I said seven or eight too? I covered both. I p- covered yeah. both ground. It was funny because there was a few times where I tweeted. I was listening to you on the radio, and I heard you say it's an eight-game winning streak. And I was tweeting that it was a seven-game winning streak. So you know we had to find some middle ground there. But we sorted it out. And uh, seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, next category, I want to have some fun here. And <clears throat> excuse me, 
throw out some hot takes. So the next uh, next question is, what is your biggest hot take second half prediction? I guess we'll start with you, JD. See, I don't even know if this is a hot take right now, but but I'm I'm saying that that this team, which historically has has shot threes like like brick masons, will make. <laughs> We'll make. That's my biggest surprise. We'll make. That's my biggest surprise. We'll make fifteen threes oh in ten God. games. Oh man! In this, in the last forty games, I think this team can do that. I mean, they, they coming off twenty. It don't even feel hot to me now because they made twenty five in the last game. Now, we've seen this team also play some games where they made seven, which they did the previous game. But I just feel like there's enough shooting and enough belief and enough trust where. These guys are swinging the ball to the open guy, and it doesn't matter who the open guy is, and the open guy is letting fly, and a lot of times the open guy is the right open guy. And so I think they can make 15 threes in in 10 games. Well, just to kind of further that point, J.D., I mean, now that when you have a game like that uh, that we saw against Charlotte and you make 25, and again, it's never happened in the history of this franchise, but still, you talked about belief and the trust, and now it's almost – you 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 add that with confidence, mm-hmm. and when guys have confidence, like we have seen, um, you know Trey and Hawk and McCollum and now Ingram with the seven threes the other night. If you've got the confidence to put it up, and you believe it's going in, it's just it permeates it. It it is absolutely something that guys feed off of, and I I, I really can't disagree with your saying. Did we get a hot take out of you, Graf? My hot take, and I don't think, again, this is a real hot take, but um, I think we're going to get a top four. I think we're going to host a uh, host. Oh, uh, that's home. sizzling. I hope. I mean, not, not I hope. Uh, I think we're going to host a first-round playoff series. I think we're going to really step it up in the second half and get there. You know, we've given some games away, and, you know, we're down three in the loss column to those, you know, top four teams right now. And those are games that you can't get back. But I think all the things that we've kind of learned in the first half, especially you've got to be able to close games out, uh, I think we're going to learn those lessons and get into the top four. Uh, I'm not going to go so much as far as, say, three, but I'll, I'll, take, I'll take four right now. It'll be against the Clippers, I think. Hot take. I love it, Graf. I absolutely love it. Um, my hot take is related to Jordan Hawkins, and mine is that by the end of the season, everyone around the league is going to realize that he deserves to be all-rookie first team. Now, here's the problem, here, or here's the, the, the circumstances that he's going up against. He's 12th in minutes among rookies, so he's not getting the same opportunities that a bunch of other guys are, but that's a product of him coming to a good team. Um, a lot of the rookies are on teams that have won five, eight games. We just saw that the other night with Charlotte. Uh, Brandon Miller didn't play in that game, but a guy who gets picked really high goes to a team that's not competitive, not ready to to win a bunch of games. So um, I think that he's going to maybe not have the same counting stats as some of the other guys that play more, but by the end of the regular season, people will say this guy's played, deserves him a spot. I know Wemby's going to be there. I know uh, Jaime Jaquez is going to be there. Chet Holmgren, who's, you know, you could argue whether he's a rookie or not, he'll, he'll be there as well. Um, but that's my uh, that's my claim to hot take status. Um, last category, and I feel like this is this causes in terms of the league wide discussion. This causes brawls. This causes people getting in each other's faces. This causes people screaming at each other on Twitter. 
But um, I, I saw that recently people discussed this on Pelican's Twitter as far as who is the team MVP. So I wanted yeah, to speaking of brawling. <laughs> so, <Twitter>. <laughs> so I wanted to have everyone have their opportunity to make their case of who they think is the team MVP from the first half of the season, starting with you, JD. Okay. So I, I didn't want to go with the obvious guys because there are three or four obvious guys. I, I went a little less obvious. And my guy is Larry Nance Jr. Um, Larry missed 13 games with with the ribs. They're eight and three since he came back. And 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 so, you know, numbers. You know, nine points a game, six and a half rebounds, one point six steals, you know, shooting, you know, shooting sixty-four percent from the field. But that's never the tale of what Larry Nance is. Uh Graf mentioned earlier the team meeting. That's the the contribution stuff that Larry does. And he's a guy who on the court, I don't know if they grade mental reps and mental mistakes and where you're supposed to be. Larry's got one of the highest basketball IQs that, that in the league, probably certainly on this team. He's just, he's just a guy who does what he's supposed to do when he's supposed to do it, stays within what he does well. And now that he's back to health, now you see the dunks and, and you see, you know, the athleticism and you see the, you know, again, a guy who previously when he was hurt, could get to the right spot but couldn't do anything about it. Now he can get to the right spot and do something about it. And, oh, by the way, he's making a few th- threes too. So, you know, he's he's my guy because he's just kind of the, the glue guy, even though he's on the second unit. But he's a guy who, who when you need him to, he plays well enough to, even if Jonas Valanciunas is healthy, he finished games for you because he's so smart about what he's doing in terms of finishing games. He's just making the right play all the time. So So right now that's my guy. I waffled a lot on this one, um, but ultimately, when it's all said and done at this point in the season, C.J. McCollum is the team MVP. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I could make a very good case for Herb Jones uh, just because of what he does defensively, and when he is not on the floor defensively, uh, we see, and look, the Pelicans are, what, top six right now in the league in defense, and since... The, the December date, we're second in defensive efficiency. It's been a very underrated defensive team. And I went back last night and looked at some of the scores. Even when the Pels have lost games during this stretch, it's a rare occasion. It, the Dallas game on Monday was a real outlier. Dallas scored 125 points in that game, and it took two guys scoring 40 to do it uh, for them. But even when the Pels have not been successful uh, as far as not getting wins, they're giving up 110, 112. It's not like they're giving up 130 points in these losses. Yeah. Uh, they're they're much closer. So, again, what Herb brings to the table defensively, I think everybody feeds off of that, especially when he, you know, unfortunately gets into foul trouble sometimes, and then you really have to start switching things early on in the ball game. And when he gives you offense, the Pels are basically unbeatable. Uh, uh, so I, I think that is a big-time case for him being the team MVP. But when it's all said and done, from game number one to where we are right now, it's C.J. McCollum. And I know he missed he missed some time with the ribs, but he has been uh, – he's just been so consistent, so consistent uh, from, from the first game on. And his shooting has been as good as it's ever been uh, in his career. And how many times have we – 
Let's we got to start quick. We got to start fast. How many times has he come out of the gate and knock three threes down in the first quarter? It's him. And, and we're off and running. It's him. And then if we're in a little bit of a drought and you need a bucket, the bucket getter gets a bucket. Yeah. And look, he's playing great defense too. He's getting steals. He's blocking shots. Um, you know, he's his assist totals are are off the charts uh, this season. So again, from as far as the consistency, it's C.J. McCollum for me. Yeah, you know. By the way, I think it's healthy the fact that we have multiple answers to this, that there's a bunch of different possibilities of guys that you could mention. And I've noticed recently, too, that in some of the projections that you start to see right around this time of the season for all-star picks, you don't see a lot of Pelicans' names mentioned. But to me, I have no problem with that because, to me, if there was a team in the league that individual stuff is out the window right now and it's all about just winning as many games as you possibly can – to me, it's the Pelicans. So um, I think it, 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 you know, going back to what you said, Graf, about CJ, too, he was also my pick. And, and I want to correct myself. I think I said ribs. I was thinking of, I was thinking of Larry. It, he had a collapse lung, did, yeah. did, uh, did McCollum. That's, that's why he missed the time. I, I got the injuries all mixed yeah. up. That's bigger than ribs. <laughs> Although fractured, fractured ribs hurts like a son yeah. of a gun. You know, it's okay because, you know, we've all, we all should have like honorary medical degrees from what's happened the last <laughs> few years. So if you get a body part here or there mixed up, it's totally fine. Um, I do the injury report all the time, and I have to make sure I'm double checking to make sure that I'm good on what I'm um, listing anatomically. So, but um, going back to what you said about CJ as far as MVP, he was also my pick. And I'll keep this really simple um, to my what I said about the All Star consideration versus winning and losing the pelicans are 19 and 9 in the games that cj mccollum has played and it's kind of easy to forget they actually got off to a good start the first five six games of the season before he got injured they were winning at a decent level he goes out they hit a skid where they go down to four and six and that was right when the 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 dallas in the middle of the dallas series they were four and six and then things turned around from there but um night so 19 and 9 when cj plays uh, what is it, six and eight when he doesn't play. I believe my math is correct on that. Um, and so you just look at that, and you and you mentioned the consistency. To me, that makes him the MVP so far. Got a little, another little number, too, and I know we got to wrap it up here. Um, that loss in Dallas on Monday, which I'm not going to get over the rest of the year. It's going to be one of those. Uh, that's the only loss for the Pelicans this year when C.J. scored 20 points or more. Yeah. So we're 13-1. and one. Tw- No, we're 12-1. and one, 12 and one when he has 20 points. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, he's got the mid-range game going. He's got the float game going. He's got everything going right now. And it, even though the Pelicans have two former All-Stars, Zion and, and, and Brandon Ingram on this team, it, it kind of sort of reminds me of that Hawks team a few years back where they had Kyle Korver and, you know, and, and, and you know, Jeff Teague and El Horford, yeah. Yeah, and yep. where, you know, none of those guys were stars, but they made the playoffs and they played well together. And They were one know, seed that year. Yeah, yeah they were. I mean, because mm-hmm. they, I mean, they were hard to beat because you didn't know where it was coming from. That, look, that's a great point. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but I went on Antonio Daniels' show, Give and Go on Sirius XM on NBA radio earlier in the week. And uh, Rick Hamla asked me about the big three for us Zion, BI, and CJ, if they were all-star worthy. And I'm like, well, for us, they are. But if you look, you know, sheer numbers-wise, yeah. no one's going to vote them in. Yeah. No, no, like Now, they help winning, which is key. 
But if you're just looking at their raw numbers, you're like, they're not going to make the all-star team. So I really couldn't answer. I, I wasn't trying to dodge the question, but it was like, if if I'm a coach and you got to like vote, like fans are not going to vote those guys in because yeah. they're, they're not averaging 30 points a game. They're averaging 21, yeah. 22. And you wouldn't think of that being all-star, but they're not looking at their assist totals, what the, uh, how high they are. They're not looking at what they're doing defensively. So that's just kind of long to your point. Are they all-stars? Yes. To us, absolutely, but maybe not to the, to the league in general. Yeah, I mean, I think we want to see everyone on this team get as much individual credit as they can. But coming from someone, I think this might have been right before you came in to the mixed graph here. I know J.D. obviously was here. Coming from someone that covered a team that had, I think, two starters in the All-Star game but didn't make the playoffs that year, I, th- I think they might have finished ninth or 10th. To me, I would trade as oh, many yeah. mul- as many All-Star selections. I would trade a, a, an All-Star selection for one seed higher in the playoffs because, I mean, that's what it's all about. Is It's it's all about team success. And as J.D. referenced earlier, I think everyone has bought into that idea as well. That it's the I think ultimately, too, you have guys – at the top of the roster that have gotten a lot of credit for what they've done, but they're not going to reach that level of some of the other guys in the league in terms of how much respect they get until they're in the playoffs every year. They're going deep in the playoffs, like a team like Boston that goes, you know, to the conference finals. So I think, yeah, your stats might go down and yeah, you might not have as good of a chance to make all-star as you did in previous years, but the long-term payoff of the team being successful, I think is what we need to focus on. And that's what's going to pay off, for all these guys, for every single player on this roster, so yeah, I think I think these guys are just tired of talking about it. I think mm. they're tired of talking about it, and now you, you you stop talking about it. Either you got to be about it, or or shut up because yeah. you know people people are tired of hearing about potential, mm-hmm. and I think they're tired of talking about their po- potential. Now you just got to do it. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, the, I've been, I enjoyed this very much with you guys. It, this is something that we're going to do every couple weeks. So. We'll be tracking you guys down over the course of the season. So this that wraps up the first uh, edition of the Pelicans Radio Roundtable for this season. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, our thanks to Todd Graffinini and John DeShays. We're going to get Aaron Summers here as well and the rest of the, the broadcast crews here. Um, we, we've already had AD. We've had... Joel Myers. Joel Myers. We've had David Wesley. Aaron Hardigan. So we can yeah. continue to do Cast that of thousands. Well. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. It's time for our Friday. What are we doing again? We're doing trending numbers. Trending numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And actually, you know, you, you you mentioned earlier in the show about, you know, you, you, you're you a little hesitant to give me more work than I already have. But you know what? Not only do I have one trending number for you, I have two. So I went above and beyond this week. Uh, the first trending number is three. And that is the Pelicans rank in three-point percentage among all NBA teams over the course of the season. Graf touched on this during the roundtable, but I think it 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 bears uh, it, it makes sense to reemphasize this. If you think about the fact that the Pelicans were considered a team that didn't maybe have even kind of average shooting, three-point shooting going into the season, the fact that they're in the top three, what a huge boost. If they can stay even in the top, you know, ten, I think in percentage over the course of the season with the added volume that guys like Jordan Hawkins and Trey Murphy that now that he's been back since December can add I think that makes it's going to make them even more potent offensively um, maybe you'll see them move into the top 6 or 8 in the offensive rankings I think the last time I checked they were 12th in offense we know that they can 
you know, keep climbing in that stat, stat as well. Mm-hmm. And then the second trending number is related to Jordan Hawkins. The, the, the trending number is two, and that is his – he ranks among all players in the NBA. He's second in three-point percentage in the month of January. Now, I cut the minimum off at – you have to ma- have made at least 20 because I don't want to have anyone in there who's, you know, three for six or right. whatever. But among players across the NBA who've made at least 23 pointers in January – Hawkins is second in three-point percentage. Grayson Allen of Phoenix actually coincidentally is number one in that stat in January, so those two guys will be on the court tonight. But just a testament to how hot that guy has been from three-point range. Um, one other thing, too, I'll quickly throw in. Herb Jones did, has not made 23s in January, so he, he kind of just missed the cutoff. But he's actually shot 60% from three in January, so he has an even higher percentage than Hawk do, does, but just in, in in a lot lower, a little bit less uh, volume over the course of the first few weeks of this month. So, All right, looking for that. I, I asked for a number. You gave me like a whole, a whole list of them. I love yeah, that. yeah. No, but, it, no, but look, the reason I'm glad you're doing that too is it does it helps people I think understand the perspectives and what we're doing because those numbers are looked at by coaches. Those numbers are looked at by opponents when you do the scouting report. Mm-hmm. Uh, you keep hearing CJ and them talk a lot about it. And, that's what I love about listening to them in post game. You really hear how much work they're actually putting in there. They're not just running out there on the court, sure, and like, hey, throw to me the ball, I'm open. They, they, you, when you hear CJ, when you heard Hawkins talk about why those threes made, they were being very specific, and they gave names to a lot of different aspects of it. I thought they were talking about Tom Brady. You know, when, it was, when, when Hawkins yeah. was talking about Brady. I don't and, know what the story is. Well, Christian what? Clark asked him what it was. I mean, yeah. A specific just area where you're going on the court, but that's mm-hmm. my point. Um and look, I, I hate to always use the analogy, but I'm in the building, right? When Sean Payton was here, he was very meticulous and specific as to what foot you put into the ground on an out route, mm-hmm. on an in, where you're going. If it's a you know a ten yard on step eight, the left foot goes down. Step nine is your cut. You're out of your plant on ten. Very specific in reason and purposeful, and it it. When I listen to this Pels team talk, there's very real purpose as to where they're going. And we've talked a lot about maybe is that something that James Borrego brought in with this offense? Because you always hear about spacing and fans hear that. What does it mean? How do I get more space? And And I'm almost being educated as to how to create space. In something that doesn't ever move, it's always a constant, right? It's always the width of the court. Mm-hmm. So how I move and manipulate players away from areas, bring players with me to areas, then create space on it. And I love hearing that. Like Jordan Hawkins saying, there's a reason. We will go start towards the elbow, and then we already know where somebody is going to be. It's just, In other words, I guess what I'm trying to get at is there's no just – you know what you're doing on the court. You know mm-hmm. where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, and and that there's a comfort level of, okay, ball comes up the court. I'm gonna go do this. Well, if I just saw Jim go there, then I'm gonna go there, and I'm ready. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes it easier for you because then you're sure. just kind of going over what you're doing in the game, and it's putting you in a spot that you should succeed in. And you know, you mentioned having specific things, not having it be like a general thing of like, ah, oh, we're gonna try to do some of this and some of that. 
uh, I think one specific target that they've had is to increase their three point volume. And, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, I mentioned percentages, but people can say like, yeah, their percentages might not be great, but ultimately they need to not have as many games where they're only taking 23 pointers. Um, another stat, this wasn't in the trending number list, but I'll, I'll add it to the, the pile. Um, Pelicans are fifth in January in three point makes per game with 15 a game. So it's not l- just that they're shooting threes at a good percentage. It's the fact that the way this offense has created space, like you mentioned, and some of the things that James Borrego has implemented, they're now at the point where they're much closer to mm-hmm. the kind of volume and the kind of threat that they want to be as a three point attack. Nice. Jim Eichenhofer, Pelicans.com. Jim underscore Eichenhofer, the way to follow over on X. And of course, Pelicans.com. He's got to go get the shoot around. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Gus. And thank you as always. And don't forget, all you have to do is go ahead and click follow the show. And every time a new Pelicans podcast drops down, boom. It will notify you, and you can check it out. So, again, thank you for tuning us in. We'll see you again on Monday. Let's go Bells. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or where you get your podcast. And be sure to give Jim and Gus a follow on X at Jim underscore Eichenhofer and GCAT underscore 17. We'll see you next time, right here on the New Orleans Pelicans Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.